Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham CC. It's been a little while since we had a pod. That's not because we haven't had things to say, um, but we have had um, one or two false starts. But we're, we're very pleased to be back up and running um, in the middle of April with a season looming large. So, as ever, I'm joined by Sal Manali from North London. Sal, how are you? Good evening, Dan. I'm very well, thank you. Yes, I'm um, looking forward to season starting the next couple of weeks. Obviously, pre-season started yesterday for most clubs and what I saw, and the weather was cricket and weather. So let's hope uh, the next few weeks stays like this. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, did uh, North London kick off yesterday, did they? Did you, uh, did we, you go well? We played into into sort of league game for a big warm game next week against some Premier League club uh, who would probably uh, be very strong. Well, biggest game of the entire season, let's be honest about it. It might be pre-season, but you know, three games between North London and Twickenham. What more could any cricket lover want? Eh? It's going to be brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Looking forward to it. Are you standing in any of those? Are you, are you... I'm, I'm doing a two's game next Saturday. Marvellous. Well, I think I think we should have a reasonably side out. So, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Um, also on board tonight for, the, for, for a debut on the pod, very pleased to welcome from uh, Barnes Cricket Club, uh, Paul Stubbs, who's also, if I've got this right, Paul, you're the Middlesex County Scorer Officer, right? That's correct. Good evening, Dan. Good evening, Sal. So, uh, yeah, quite a long title. And uh, <laughs> what does it mean? Can you so, tell us more? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you help us out there? So, yeah, County Scorer Officer, you know, it, it doesn't mean I'm scoring for for Middlesex ones, you know. That's the uh, that's the job of Don Not Shelley. Yet. Not yet. Yeah. Um, but no, it's so I represent and sort of take forward the interests of scorers um, on the Middlesex uh, ACO committee. And if there's anything that is coming down nationally um, from the national scorer officer or from the national education officer i will then feed that back down to the scorers anything that that is interest um that 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 could be of interest to scorers and another part of my role is i'm a scorer tutor so i run all the courses within middlesex uh, for scorers so that's be whether someone wants to start afresh hasn't got a clue to you know, to come onto the scoring, uh, to those scorers who are on the pathway and want to get into more things like electronic scoring, linear scoring, and that favourite of ours, Duckworth Lewis Stern. So yeah, we've we, we we do all that. I do all that. Well, it sounds like you've got um, quite a lot on your plate there, Paul. But I think to be fair, scoring's moved quite quite quickly over the last. 10 years or so, hasn't it? It's got, and we'll get on to this a bit later, actually. It's gone from being pretty old school with, with, with very nice felt-tip pens to being pretty advanced. I mean, I was following a whole range of games across the whole country on my phone yesterday, uh, both in terms of video action and also in terms of live scoring on play cricket. So I, I think that I think there's quite a lot for us to get through. Before we do, though, I have a question to both of you folks. Um, it won't have escaped your knowledge that um, the national side, England, doesn't currently have a cricket captain. Um, we've not had the most auspicious of winters. So I felt, given that this is a cricket podcast, I might as well ask you both, where on earth are we going next? Who's going to be the next England captain? Sal, do you want to kick us off with that one? I mean, the obvious candidate is obviously Ben Stokes, um, from what you see reading in the press and any kind of information that's out there. Um, my question mark over him would be, you know, there was obviously issues last year regarding, you know, there was health, mental health issues about him playing, um, burnout as well. He's injury prone. He's had a few injuries in the past. Um, does he want to take it on? I mean, I suppose any anyone would want to want to be a captain of their country. So I'm assuming that's yes. But um, 
I want to throw in a bit of a, a long shot and say maybe Mo and Ali could be a bit of a um, outsider to sort of throw into the ring. That's a curveball. Yeah, I'm intrigued with that one. Um, yeah. Paul, any thoughts on this? I mean, yeah, I, I think a lot of people have been saying, you know, Ben Stokes, you know, is is ideal captaincy. But then, you know, as Sal said, you know, would that pressure on him being captain as well as batting and bowling? We, yes, we know what he can do. Uh, would it be too much? Um, or do you do England go for a current county? Uh, captain and bring him in. It, they've done it in the past, where they've where, where they've gone out and they've brought an experienced captain in from county cricket and said, right, we want you to captain England and take it forward. Short term, um, just see what Case has said. You know, he's just been appointed as a managing director of England. He might have ideas as to what he wants to do. Um, so yeah, I hope he would, to be honest. Yeah, in that job, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we could find a we could find a curveball coming in, and you know, someone being appointed as captain on a short term basis just for this season. You know, let, let's get everything settled after what happened down under. Uh, you know, in Australia and then in the West Indies. Um, you know, let's get back onto a level. You know, playing fields, so to speak. You know, get some wins under the belt on the home turf and then build for the future rather than chuck you someone any in. Names in mind, I think that's an interesting set of suggestions there. I mean, it's, it's tough, isn't it? We're sort of plucking rabbits out of a hat here, but it is, you know, unfortunately quite a few captains are, are overseas. Um, but, but Owen Morgan's been mentioned, you know, crikey. Exactly. You know, bring bring you know put put Owen Morgan into the fold. You know, yes, he he's white ball, but he has played red ball cricket. Um, you know, someone even said bring back Alistair Cook. Um, you know, he's still making runs, um, but you know, Broad's ruled himself out. I, Anderson's probably too too old. Not he's still a good player, but you know, it, it's developing. Um, or do you go for someone, one of the youngsters, um, and, and put them in there? Um, yeah, and I think it's, it's a challenging one, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. the same, the obvious say it's challenging, but what, one, one thing I sort of experienced in my own cricketing life is there's a number of times where I've seen captains stand down for whatever reason, and people have been, Oh my goodness, what, what do we do now? And quite often, someone evolves, someone puts their hand up to do it who you don't really think necessarily is the right person to do it until they do. And, I mean, England isn't Twickenham Cricket Club, but I do remember in, in 2007, I think it was, John Barney, who's now CEO at Brentford, stepped down as Twickenham's first eleven captain, and we were a bit of a loss. We didn't really know what to do. And then some bloke who played for us for two years called what, Nunes, you know, he, he put his hand up, and 14 years later, he's still there. So, um, so, so and we were... I wouldn't say we were sceptical at the time, but he wasn't someone we thought of. And it strikes me there might well be a few people in that changing room who, who, who we're not going to know very well who might be in that sort of position. I mean, I thought Rory Burns might have been in that category, but he now can't get in the team. So um, that, that might make him a little bit more tricky. But a few of the guys that you mentioned there, uh, Paul, are not, are not really in the team either, are they? No, they're not. Um, you know, it's sort of, you know, Johnny Bairstow, you know, Joss Butler, those mm -hmm. sorts of guys, um, you know, well-respected. 
um, can could could be in there. Um, you know, yes, they've got you know cricketing brain. They've they play you know red ball, white ball. They know what it's about. Um, yeah, and, and and I do think that it could be a temporary someone who comes in on short term. You know, it's not going to be a long term appointment. I think it will be a short term appointment um, for this season only, and then it will be reviewed at the end yeah. of the season. Yeah, I think that's an interesting idea. I mean, Sally, you mentioned Ben Stokes, and I guess this shows all of our ages. But when I, when I hear, think about Ben Stokes as captain, I think of Ian Botham in nineteen eighty and nineteen eighty one, the, the best player in the team. Um, but being captain didn't didn't work on all sorts of levels. Is there not that danger with Stokes? Yeah, and I totally agree with you on that on that part. Um, obviously, raise sort of question marks around his. Um, not say suitability, but is it sort of why just too much? Why, yeah, always. exactly. What I was yeah. I mean, another one with, with Rob Key now, obviously now the um, the MD now is that his role in cricket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I mean, head-hunting. there's you know, the candidate that keeps throwing is Sam Billings, Kent captain, Rob Key, ex Kent player. Would that would that affect his sort of decision making in thinking about who who takes on the role? I think that'd be a tough one. If he thinks Billings is the right man, it's still a tough one when you're picking somebody from a county you're so obviously aligned with, even if he does happen to genuinely think it's the right one. But also, Billings is not really in the team, is he? So so I think it would be, whatever call he makes, I think there are plenty of reasons why it could go wrong. Um, but then again, that's what he's there to do, right? I mean, then again, though, who, who in that side at the moment is, is an established player in England at the moment? Who could you say which players are guaranteed a spot in that side on a regular basis? You can count on one hand, I imagine less than that, probably. Well, not not many. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, six months ago, I would have said Burns was in a, in a prime slot here. He's been around a little bit. He seems he's got captaincy experience. He plays for Surrey, so obviously that helps him because he mm. always does. Um, um, but he's he's out of the picture. So so I, I've lost. I've had me sort of legs swept on, from under me there with Burns because it's not going to be him, I don't think. But I genuinely don't know, mate. I'm I'm open to open to be surprised on this one. Um, very quickly, the West Indies tour. I almost felt that was worse than the Australia tour, to be honest. Because Australia was, you know, they're a brilliant side, particularly at home. But I thought against West Indies, we, we managed to make an average looking side, you know, be appear to be much better than that. Or, or am I being a bit too harsh, Paul? Did you watch much of the, the West Indies talk? I, I listened to it. I was listening to it on the, the, you know, the radio commentary um, and that. Um, and, you know, obviously looking at the scorecards, you know, in the morning. Um, but I think they got off to, a, you know, got off to a good start. You know, the first test... You know, making all those runs, and you're thinking, yeah, this is this is looking good, this is looking good, but then the bowlers didn't deliver, and yeah. then you know we went into the second test, and it it was a sim- similar sort of it it was it was almost if they 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 were reading from the same script in the first test, you know, and they hadn't done it, and they thought, you know, come on, third test, you've got to learn, and I don't know. Which team turned up? You know, they just didn't have a clue. Yeah. You know, some ridiculous shots going out, you know, players that you thought, you know, was it too long for them? And they were thinking, no, I just want to go home, you know, and, and that's it. Um, it doesn't help when you when one of your strike bowlers is injured and has to have an operation. Um, yeah, you know, uh, things like that. I suppose you know Jimmy Anderson and Chris Broad were have putting their feet up, 
thinking, thank goodness I wasn't out there. I can now get some pre-season training and come back stronger. Um, but yeah, but that, nobody really stood out for me um, on, on that tour. Um, you know, it, it was there. We should have, we should have at least drawn the series. You know, we, we, we let one game slip away from us and there was another we could have won. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sal, did you see much of it? I mean, I saw a little bit of it. West Indies tour is always on at reasonableish times, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I found myself actually genuinely not being able to watch bits of it because I could just sense the doom coming coming our way. But um, how about you? What do you make? I of mean, it? if you look at England's record in the Caribbean, it's, I think it's one series winning over thirty years. So, what are the expectations going out there? I mean, I know I know England's probably as a Test nation expects to beat the West Indies, but the record in the Caribbean is horrendous. So. And I, I was, I mean, even even now, I was talking to friends about this. Which side consistently goes away and wins Test series abroad these days? You know, who who does that on a regular basis? Um, so just kind of, it's really hard, isn't it? It's just how hard it is to go away and win Test Test series. I think just it's just you know it's not an easy thing to do. And obviously, England side in transition. We've spoken about you know the ins and outs of players. Um, it was always going to be a tough series, I think. But again, as Paul mentioned, they weren't positioned to win games, so to sort of lose situations where or lose games where you could have actually won is probably the hardest thing to take. But on the whole beforehand, if you looked at the record, it wasn't very good at all. So um, you kind of expect it maybe to happen in the way anyway, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that. I, I, I do think we looked like we were completely unprepared for the challenge, in, in, in particularly in the last two tests. And that's the bit. England are always preparing for the future, but it never seems to arrive. And I, I, I got no idea what our plan of attack was, really. It just seemed to be to go out and just hope for the best. Now, clearly, clearly they did, I assume, plan more than that. But I couldn't work out what it was. I couldn't work out what our bowling strategy was. Um, the batting strategy was basically Joe Root's going to make a lot of runs. And if he doesn't, um, well, he doesn't. And, and we're in trouble. And, and sure enough, he can't do it every time. So I felt strategically we were in a really bad place. I didn't get get it at all. And and all I can say is I hope that Rob Key's got got more of a more of a plan, or, or his plan is more evident than some of what we've seen over the last nine months. Because I I just haven't been able to make any sense of it, um, really. But but there we are, there we are. Such is that the life of uh, an England cricket fan, I guess. Um, bring us a bit closer to home, Paul. Um, now I'm really intrigued as to how you how you found your way into in, in, into the position that you have with, with with Middlesex there and the scorers because um, certainly in my club there aren't many people who know how to score. Let's be brutally honest about this. There aren't many people who actually know even how they should score, even if they don't want to do it. Um, and and I wonder scoring it was it certainly was a, in danger of becoming a dying art, right? Or am I am I just being a bit too doom and gloom on this one? Are, are there more scorers out there than I fear? Um, please tell me yes. Well, yes, there, yes, there are scorers out there. Um, That's good I to mean, the, and I would agree with you. It, it, it has become a dying art. Um, you know, the, the 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 lovely crafted score books with, you know, coloured pens and you know, immaculate writing. Yeah. Um, that that you can you know someone could look and pore over for years to come. You know, sort of. That scorers, it, it it does become an obsession, really. Um, I mean, one of the things is, you know, a scorer never lets anyone touch else touch their pens, their coloured pens, because you know, for fear that they will get damaged or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got into it sort of, you know, ten years ago. Um, I went back to my old school, St George's College, Weybridge. The old boys uh, play a sort of cricket. 
uh, friendlies, Sundays and stuff like that. And I was sitting on the uh, pavilion steps. Um, no one was around to score. So I took the book, got my pencil out and just started jotting it down. And I enjoyed it. Um, the following week, came back, did it again. Um, and, and it carried on like that for the rest of the season. We then got invited to go to Arundel to play the Sussex Martlets. So I went along to score. And unbeknown to me, the um, Sussex second 11 scorer was scoring for uh, the, the Martlets. And he looked at my book and said, you know, have you, who do you score for regularly? You know, and have you attend, you know, what you do? And I said, no, I, I just take it up part time. And he suggested I go on a course um, and learn how to do it properly, which I did. Um, and I, I was taught by uh, Mark Williams uh, of North uh, Middlesex um, at Lords. Fellow yeah. soccer ball, yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I haven't looked back, really. Um, you know, sort of did, did the two-day club scorer course, um, worked my way. So on a Saturday, Paul, so we can you, you, you still do the book. You, you don't just rely on, on play cricket or any of the other apps? Or no, so both? I score electronically with PCS Pro, but I also score linear. So I have a manual backup. Um, so linear is linear scoring. Uh, so if you think it's a, um, a page of A4, okay? So you've got lines along it. If you draw four vertical columns... So you've got column one is the bowler from the near side, one side. Column two is the bowler from the far side. Column three is the left-hand batsman. Column four is the right-hand batsman. And you just enter the bowler's name and you record the balls against the batsman who 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 is facing strike. So if batsman faces, you know, first ball and hits one run, you just write one in their column. Batsman two faces, they score two. You write a two in their column. So you score across the along the page, and then you have a, a total tally. Sort of on the on, in sort of column five would be your total tally. And then you can also have extras in there. Um, but that way, it's sort of, if you look at and understand linear score. Is that genuinely easy? It is, actually. I can picture what it I It is, actually. It? it is very easy once once you understand um, the the method behind it and how you set it out and how you you go about recording everything and doing the summaries and keeping the top the, the total up. In effect, you're only making one entry or two entries if there's a an extra. Whereas if you're recording in a book, you for for you have to make for a run you have to make three entries, one against the bowler, one against the batsman, and one in the total, you know, uh, ticking off the uh, cumulative total runs. If you've got an... Isn't that just a rhythm? Yeah. We, we just, oh, God, yeah, you do, you do, or is that you do get into a rhythm. There is a rhythm, you know, we, um, we, in the club scorer course, we teach people uh, the basics of scoring and it's box scoring. And one thing we do, uh, we'll say, is you need to get into a rhythm. 
find a rhythm that's suitable for you that you understand and stick to it so if you start off in the bowler and then go go to the batsman then go to the, the tally and come round sort of work in a circular way around the book um so you know with extras you then pick up the extras so that you, you you're doing that um what you don't want to be doing is jumping about all over because you'll lose it um i do know people who yep. will score electronically and will and will score in the book as well they they do it you know they, they just want to keep it um but uh it, it's if you're scoring electronically you need to keep your manual back up because unfortunately computers have a tendency to lose power um shut down on you or you lose uh, wi-fi you name it it can happen um but if you've got a, a manual backup um it, it does help so yeah so i mean when you use the, this linear method i'm quite intrigued with this because I, I i love the, yeah. the picture of the old book particularly with the colors and, and, and you know, like the, the neat handwriting, where some of the things I see, you know, at, at Twickenham and elsewhere, they're crimes against humanity. You know, I, I cannot work. And I, try, I put our stuff on to play cricket, you know, and half of the time I, it's like, you know, reading hieroglyphics. Um, I, I haven't got a clue what has gone on in the game. I've just got to make it up because the scoring is so bad. Um, so so I, I really do like the old school, school book. But with the linear thing, I don't look at it and fall in love with that. Whereas the book, I was like, oh, that, yeah. that's a thing of beauty. You know, um, uh, is that just me? Or, or do you do the linear thing because you think aesthetically it looks quite good too? Or am linear I, am I is that? simple because, as I say, it's just one entry. Um, yeah. but, the, but the one thing linear has over a book is that from linear, it actually, you can read the match. So you know which end the bowling opened up from, which end the batsman was standing yeah. at, um, and you can work through the through the match. Whereas if you look in a book, unless someone has made a note of which end the opening, you know, the bowler opened from, you wouldn't know. You just know the first over, who bowled it, and who the the, the, the batsman was. Um, you can yeah. look around the side, haven't you, to see like oh, 20, 21st over bowl yeah, exactly. by bowl of four, but you don't, still then you, you have to work out whether exactly. it's the fifth over or the but, sixth but, over. But in linear, quite because you're reading down the page, you can see when a bat, a bowler um, changes because you're you're writing their name in, um, and it, it, and with a batter. I must get into this terminology. It's batter, not batsman, because the law changed last year. Um, so when a batter is out, it's just a simple you underline. You 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 finish their their innings off. You you make a note of what the the score was at the fall of that wicket, what their total score was, and then you next line the new batter name goes in, and then you carry on down the page. Um, so it is. I mean it's. Bill Frindle, the old bearded wonder in TMS days, um, he scored linear um, and that, but but he had a, additional things on there. So he could actually say um, where the batter hit the ball and where the fielder was who 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 fielded it sort of thing. Um, Andy Zaltzman um, scores linear as well. Uh, he's got his version of linear scoring. Um, so... Uh, it, there are more, more and more scorers out there who do score linear. And in fact, in Australia, um, they, they have a version of linear scoring, which they teach 
scorers to score in. They don't score in the traditional book that, that we have up here in England. Um, and, you know, sort of, and, and you see elsewhere. Um, but that's probably why the Australians have got everything back to front and they, they refer to wickets and then runs um, because it's how they record in their um, score sheets. That, that that's why it's 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 presented in that way i know it's very confusing when you're listening to us, us the australian um reports and they say it's three for 30 and you think wow that's good three runs for 30 <laughs> wickets <laughs> well, three runs again. this yeah. is a bit of an odd one yeah um the million dollar question in all of this is though i mean if anybody came to twickenham and said they score i'm not i don't care which one exactly. they use, as long as they do it they'd be brilliant um we don't have enough folks scoring, right? And it's such a fundamental part of the game because without knowing how many runs, wickets, etc., we have, you have no game. So, how well, do you get more people this, into it? the ECB are, are aware of this, and they have um, a program called uh, Young Officials. So, this is aimed at uh, 14, 15, 16 year olds. Um, so, it's a it's a one day program. So, last year, Middlesex ran. A number of these courses and they had 111 youngsters who went through the course and they learn how to be umpires and score um, now this year I think Middlesex want to do it more and we're working with clubs so if we can get the youngsters interested in becoming officials either umpiring or scoring um, then we'll capture them and they can continue and take that forward. Um, <clears throat> this year, I had an, a 17-year-old girl ca came and did the club scorer course. Very good. Um, so I've already uh, mentioned uh, <clears throat> to the national score officer, um, her, given her details, and we'll track her, um, try and give her opportunities to score at Lord's. Um, on sort of corporate days and stuff like this. So give them as many as much opportunity as possible uh, for scoring and help them. Um, but once a scorer wants to become a scorer and says, well, yes, I'd like to do this, um, there is a pathway. Um, it, it is set out. So, you know, you start off um, do, doing a, a course, club scorer course or an introductory course, um, learned in the rudiments, um, and, and as I said, it's, you know, it's akin to learning the alphabet before you learn to write. Um, and then once they, they hmm. score in the book or if they want to score electronically um, and take it forward, uh, they can then uh, be accredited um, and, you know, be assessed um, and then go along the pathway to level two and ultimately level three. Um, and then... So things like uh, Duckworth Lewis Stern, uh, linear scoring um, and electronic scoring. There's also uh, modules, you know, workshop one day or half day workshops, which scorers can attend to improve their their knowledge um, and work on those. Um, and this year within Middlesex, uh, we ran uh, a full set of scorer courses. All of them were oversubscribed. Um, and we actually had, we had, we oh, had people, yeah, we had people from outside the county coming uh, and joining in our courses because they don't get the 
uh, their own counties aren't running them. And in for, for one, we had a, uh, a lady who traveled all the way down from Scotland to wow. take part in a course. So wow. yeah, um, that is dedication. So um, yeah. Um, so yeah, very pleased that, you know, there are these courses, you know, scoring courses. And and the other thing, as county score officer, there is a um, a half day, you know, so it's, it's a three hour, three and a half hour module um, introduction to scoring. Um, and I'm more than happy to come to a club um, of an evening or, you know, a Sunday morning or whatever, Sunday afternoon, and just put on this um, little module uh, for the uh, for anyone who's interested in in doing learning how to score um, and we've even got sort of two hour three hour modules uh, to learn how to score correctly using the PCS uh, play cricket scorer app as well uh, because a lot of a lot of parents um, will score you know sort of under nines under tens under 15s um, and they'll score on the app but they don't know what they're doing they're just all they do is they just hit a button. Um, but, you know, I can take them through and explain, you know, how to set up a match, how to edit, how to, you know, correct something. What what does it mean? You know, how how to correctly enter. I think that's cool. Yeah. Somebody who has to edit play cricket scorecards, seriously, Paul, some of them are complete carnage. And you, you know that people are doing it from the goodness of their hearts, yeah. but they're so not to do it. it, it, it it's all, it, all these op opportunities are there. Um, you know, it's just, just, you know, need to get out to clubs um, and do it. So if anybody listening want, wants to do that, or wants to reach out to you or, or to the ACO in any other way, what, what's the best way for them to do it? Yep, I assume we've got a the to go um, middlesexaco.com is the, uh, the, the website. Um, there's also a link on the Middlesex County Cricket Club website under the participation uh, so there are links and on there there's uh, contacts emails uh, you know to just get in touch um, with us if if you want um, but you know we work with uh, the participation team to try and get this information out out to clubs and stuff um, but yeah you know you can put as much information out there but you know you want people to say yes please come we'll we'll, we'll take it on so yeah yeah yeah, and I was going to turn that around. If people want to find no. out where you are, it can't be that hard. I'd give them 30 they seconds will. on the internet they will. find yeah. you, won't they? Yeah. 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 And I assume you've been pre-seasoning with Barnes, right, already this year? Have you had any any scoring responsibilities? Were, were uh, you yes, in action, in action on Saturday. So uh, we had uh, Old Deer Park. Um, first nice played Richmond at Old Deer Park. Mm -hmm. uh, very close game. Uh, one run in it. So, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, you wow. Know. We needed uh, 21 off the last three overs, and it came down to the last over where we needed seven. Um, first ball, our sort of uh, batsman, uh, Mickey, uh, t was it Tom Bale, um, who was the, uh, the the batsman sort of who'd been in for a, a few overs, took a quick single, and then the we'd lost a wicket in the penultimate ball of the penultimate over so the incoming batsman then had to face five deliveries and try and score uh what was it six runs um we scored you know we, we, we he scored four um 
and and that was it. Yeah, he, sc- he needed to score five runs, so trying to go for the big hits. But their their bowler, you know, bowled very well. He bowled it tight, uh, didn't give anything away. Uh, fielding was, you know, superbly set. So trying to get boundaries was very difficult. But it was a very good game. Well, I think quite a lot of preseason games that they feel like preseason games. People are, are, are meandering into the season. They're definitely a bit low paced, but a good close preseason game that, that looks and feels a bit like a league game can surely be much more valuable uh, in terms of getting people up to speak. Because it clearly didn't matter whether you mm. won or lost against Richmond, other than local bragging rights. But I mean, it's just a preseason game. But actually, getting people in a situation where they've got to think about scoring in certain places at certain times. It's probably for the best because certainly Twickenham's ones beat Acton off the last ball on, on Saturday. Chased 325, nearly 20 off the last over and somehow got it. And and I'm not used to our pre-season games being as interesting as that, to be honest. And I think it's better to have a one, one where it's close and people have to think a bit than, you know, 280 against 100 all out. You often don't learn a great No, I, I don't think you do. It's But also these you know pre-season games are also about um, looking at new players. Um Trying different matchups. Yep. I was going to ask you about that. So, Harold Barnes looking for twenty twenty-two. Have you have you got quite a few new yeah. players? I mean, you got yeah, we've, last we've had um, quite a lot of um, inquiries from from players who've recently moved to London. Um, you know, most of them are sort of living in and around Putney, sort of southwest London, that area, um, and they got in touch with us. You know, keen to join, keen to play. Um, so they've been along to pre-season nets um, come along to uh, pre-season nets down at the uh, Lonsdale Road as well and we had uh, three of them start for us last uh, Saturday um, <clears throat> yeah, good um, uh, two good batsmen uh, two good batters uh, that you know performed very well and they also performed well in the field so you know Alex Scott shifted him you know he shifted himself down the the batting order he went down to number nine or ten i think it was um whereas i think if it had been a league game he would have gone up a bit um to to, you know to to sort of help get that runs and i think if scotty had batted at six or seven we we would probably won but you want to give new players the opportunity see what they're like what they're doing um, and, and that's what pre-season games are all about. Um, even down at um, Lonsdale Road in the twos, we had a number of uh, new players who were playing playing in the twos. So it'll be interesting. And um, next weekend, we're at Highgate. Uh, we've got first, seconds and threes at Highgate yeah, against fun. Highgate. So again, um, be interesting what the selection is, uh, making some changes. Um and, and that would be interesting. And then on the 30th of April, we just got an inter-club game. So it's sort of, it's billed as a first versus seconds, thirds versus fourths. Um, <clears throat> but it will give us an, an opportunity to to look at 22 players who potentially could be in that first team squad um, and, and vying for, for places for when we start against Wembley. Yeah, 
Well, I was going to say Wembley's always an intriguing fixture, isn't it? I think, you know, if you've had a winter on, on rock hard indoor nets and then you go uh, and have your first game away at Wembley, which in my experience is always quite a low wicket. Um, yeah, I don't think it could be too far, you know, too more removed than, than what you'll have been having over the winter months. But having said that, Wembley um, can be good and can be can be not so good, certainly on last year's performances. So it'll be an intriguing challenge, I'd have thought, first up. But I guess your what, what are your, your aims for the season, Paul? I mean, is, is it sort of consolidation in, in Division 1 or, or, or is there a feeling that with these new recruits... We, the main thing, we need to more? consolidate. Um, but if the opportunities are there, let's take them. And, you know, if we do find ourselves, you know first few games you're getting wins then you just need to crack on and and i think that confidence builds um we, we had it last season um we we were we, we had some some very good wins um that that went our way um north uh, north london sort of took it away a bit in the, the time games um, and started to overhaul everyone. Um, but when it came down towards you know the back end of the season, we knew we were in with a chance, um, and it just we just needed to to push on for those those victories, and they came. Um, and it was lucky other games went our way. So yeah, we were very lucky, but uh, it was enjoyable. But yeah, I think you know consolidate, and and if the chances are there, we'll go, we'll take it, we'll take it this season. And how about North London, Sal? Because, I mean, as Paul sort of noted there, North London were fantastic last season in Division 2. I mean, you were desperately trying not to say this in our weekly pods, you know, because, you, you know, you can't. But North London were, were, were steamroller in the division. Division 1, you'd think step up wouldn't be quite so straightforward, right? But I guess you're going in with pretty much yeah. the same side. Hopeful that it You've had one or two season. new players turn up as well. Um, I mean, yeah. So, uh -huh. I mean, I mentioned what Paul said about his side. I always felt towards the end there was going to be the most likely candidates to come up just due to the fact... Um, yeah, you see that as well. I mean, well-led side, well-drilled, organised, some good cricketers, um, and they had enough to get over the line at the end, which was obviously good for those guys. Um, yeah, well, we're, we're okay. We're, I mean, similar to probably Barnes, I suppose. You know, going to a new division, you want to consolidate yourself. You don't want to sort of make any crazy sort of ambitious uh, hopes and statements early on. But you know, I think the, the key is obviously it's win or lose in the early sort of stages. So trying to rack up as many points as you can gives you that kind of foundation to build on for the rest of the season. So. Planners get a good start, um, points on the board, and then build on that as the season develops and see where we are, I suppose, as the as sort of time and format kicks in um, and goes from there. So, I want to add actually. Interesting first game for you. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. Well. Acton, they're all yeah. on the wrong side. That'll yeah. be interesting. Sort of Probably not the one we wanted early on, I suppose, but I suppose you got to play them eventually. So, um, yeah, you know, Acton, they're by the hill, some experienced players have been the side as well. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, him and Raj Rice were both hundreds, didn't they? So, yeah, they're, they're experienced guys, and they've also been at the division for a couple of years now, so they know how it works. Um, so that won't be easy at all, in any way. Um, but I think early will be quite strong. We'll have good availability. Players are keen to get out there and get the season going. So, fingers crossed. So, to add on the preseason thing about um, Paul mentioned about his club playing bond. I noticed this year actually we've had some sides actually going further afield from the middle sets to play their game. So, um, Bush went up to Cheshire. And played a couple of games over the weekend over there. Um, Crouching have Crouching got to Jersey. They've been in Jersey for the weekend, playing some games over there. And um, yeah. Actonia had the best gig. They went to Saint Tropez. Um, so I think it's a hundredth year. Actonia's cricket club this year. So I saw a picture on their social media page of playing on the beach, warming up on the beach. They were in Saint Tropez for their game against Saint Tropez Cricket Club. So when we get Matt on, we can maybe get some more information about that later on during the season. 
I'm intrigued. Right, I think I mentioned to you before we started recording. So I spent the last week in in Cornwall, just just getting away um, um, for, for a few days. Very nice it was too. And and obviously on the Saturday I couldn't I couldn't just twiddle my thumbs. Went to watch a bit of cricket. So I went to watch St Just, who were, who were a, a name a few people might remember. They they played Ealing a decade or so ago in, in in the later stages of the national. Very good club. And they were playing Penzance. And I was walking around the ground at St Just and you know talking to people as you do. And and it I, I didn't I didn't know too much about Penzance, but that they, they just um that they, they have a rich benefactor, shall one say, and, and I don't think there are any rules against this in, in Cornwall. And he he paid for them all to go away for a few days pre season to As you do. Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> to where? Yeah, and, and I thought we Derby or something or no or Denby uh, and said, no Dubai and so that they'd all been away to to um you know to to, to Dubai and and I, I just thought wow it's club cricket uh, and, and you're taking cricket in squads away for a few days like that that there's um, and of course when the rules allow folks to spend copious amounts of money and and they do in Cornwall then it sounds like Penzance's budget is around seventy k wow. a year. And it's like, gee whiz, that's 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 more than the entire turnover. Did you see that? Carlos Brathwaite played for just... in the Birmingham League on Saturday. Played his first game for Nol- Nolan Dorridge, um, first ball. <laughs> and also there's car stolen apparently after as well. So not, not the best of debuts for him. We saw that on Twitter, yeah. He got first ball duck and then his car got nicked. Did you see the Twitter yeah. footage of him? You know, they, they went absolutely yeah. nuts, didn't they? They ran long up, it wasn't the kind of ball I would probably bowl. Well, you know what they say, you know, not not very good balls, I'll paraphrase, gets wickets, right? And um, a lot of cricketers through the years will we'll back we'll back that one up. Um, cool, good stuff. And now I was going to sort of just take a step back to the AGM, actually, Sal. And um, one of the things that came out of the AGM, and um, Paul and I were both there, was, was a tomb that has been published by Don Shelley on, on the history of life as we know it, right? Uh, oh, have you had I a mean, chance to look at it? I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, it's awesome. It's like a... Encyclopedia of Middlesex cricket. I mean, I think it was 50 years, obviously, this year of the league being in, in, in operation. So Don Shelley during lockdown, I mean, credit to him for the work he's put into this. He's put together a book. You're not saying. He's oh, weekend before, yeah. Sal. He doesn't need lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. He knows everything. He about everything. Need, I mean, like, over 250 pages, it's immense, the, the, the work that's gone into it. Charts back to the 1970s, something, actually, maybe even before that. I'm not sure exactly when it sort of goes back to, but... The information in there is, is just like it's just it's an anorak stream, isn't it? If you're an MCC or Badger, that is Christmas come early for you. That book, um, and I'm just want to mention to Don the work he's done is, is fantastic. So credit to Don for that. I know Paul Smith helped out as well in, in putting the book together. And Eugene, our own Eugene was was designing the front cover from what I hear. So great work from, from the three of them. Yeah, but yeah, right. just especially to Don for the, the information. That's just it's just remarkable. So I get um, I, I think all clubs have copies. So. I definitely recommend that you find your person who has copies and grab hold of one. And you can actually get them from Don as well if you email him. Um, I think they cost £6, which is, if you're into Middlesex cricket, it's £6 well spent. But I think every club got 10, and I, I, certainly we did, because I went by train from uh, Ascot, where I live, to, to, to South Hampstead. Uh, um, railway station had to lug the things back, which, much as I love the book, I mean, I blink an egg. You know, I felt like I got on a bodybuilding course, just getting all this kit, including the stumps, and we had a banner as well. It was like, my goodness me. Um, have you had a chance to look at it yet, Paul? Uh, yes, I have. Um, it, it very, very, very interesting um, book. Um, I've, I managed to uh, get Don to sign my copy 
So I, I took it into Lords and uh, popped up into the score box to see him to get him to sign it. Uh, but I think it's uh, it's a book that I'll probably pop into my uh, scorer's bag, so that if we have any uh, interruptions in play uh, th this year with rain, it's something I can get out and dip in and dip out of. Uh, just sort of you know have a look at sort of past. Uh, seasons and stuff uh, you know different scores um, but you know yeah the, the statistics he's got in there um, you know virtually of every club the, who who's the top scorer in each club the best bowling um, <coughs> everything through um, and, and and some lovely photographs as well um, that, that that's in there so yeah it is it is a work of art really um, and you know and Don Don said that you know Thank goodness for lockdown because it, you know, gave him something to do and it gave him the time to do it as well. Um, so yeah. And also as a resource, as you say, it's not it's not meant to be Harry Potter. It's not meant no. to be that you start at the beginning and, and end at the end. It, if you're interested in, someone was talking about in the pavilion the, the 2004 season. Well, you know, Don will tell you about the 2004 season if you want to know all the details. And such a resource, you know, there can't be many leagues around around the country that have got that wealth of information, literally. At their fingertips now. Yeah. So every respect yeah. to Don and, and thanks for thanks for that. He did nearly break my back in lugging them all home, but uh, that's a small price to pay for, for, for the um, for, for the wealth of information that's um, that's in there. Sal, you also saw picked up one one thing I wanted to, to flag up on, and that's Ickenham have been in the news. Obviously, Paul Smith's club, but uh, they're not just in the news because of that. Um, so what have they been up we to? Spoke about in the past in is an indoor league that takes place during the winter months um, run at Lords by Middlesex. So it feeds into a national comp. Um, and I mean, it can credit to them actually got to the finals day, national final. So, talking about the whole of the country, where I think there's over a thousand teams that enter, um, got to the final four. So the finals were held at on 3rd of April. Um, and prior to that, they won obviously Middlesex Comp, they won the London East, um, London and East Regional Comp after that, and they took them to, to, to nationals. Um, yeah, so four, four clubs, semi finals played, one semi final. Got to the final, um, took on a side called Horwich RMI, um, and it turned out it was a very, very close game, but they lost, went down to the last over, and the opposite opponents just got the runs with, I think, a couple of balls to go. Um, however, as I said, you know, out of a thousand sides to get to the final is fantastic. I know they're not in the league, in our league anymore, but they're still part of Middlesex, I suppose. Um, so. Absolutely, words yeah. very recently. A lot, of, a lot of people who are listening will be Yeah, I, mean, I know some of your players are linked to Middlesex in terms of the age group stuff. So, you know, they're still, they're still seen as a Middlesex club, I suppose, in many eyes. So, credit to them for, for what they've done. And, and may, it may spur another clubs in the future to enter the, the league next year, maybe aspire to get to where it can have got to this season. Well, it does sound like a good idea, actually. I mean, indoor cricket isn't as big as it might be, but I, I, I do think it might be an opportunity to get a bit of bat on ball. Um, it's not as cold as it might be in mid-April, although obviously last weekend was quite nice, but I, I, I think it's a, it, it seems like a decent initiative, and I'd really strongly encourage clubs to think about it if, if, you, um, you know, if, if, you can get, if you can get a team together. And, um, you know, it, I think Ickenham as, as a club will benefit from that because what an experience to get all the way to a national final. Fair play to them for... Um, for, for doing it. Um, so going to you as well, for, for one other thing, um, we had an email sent around all county league clubs this week about umpiring in the second 11. Did you get that one? I'm kind of aware of the situation. So last year we had the, um, actually was it, I think two years now it's been running with the points awarded for bonus points for having um, qualified umpires. So from what I remember, um, 
do it, the requirements to be accredited. Um, if you have, and I think, yeah, I think that's the bit of clarification. We need to be clear on that because accreditation is you don't just get that, that, that takes yeah, a little bit of work right? after you've actually taken your stage one and your stage two. Um, now I think the cutoff date it may be coming up pretty soon. So if clubs, yeah, there we go. So if clubs do want to make sure their, their umpires are registered in the league, you need to make sure you get all your information into a relevant person by in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, to, to, to gain those bonus points if they umpire the games that. Um, they're available to do so. So that's that's the situation of that. Yeah. And it is important to move on that now, for one, because the deadline's coming up, so that's a very good reason to do it, but also because you, you need to plan plan these things. And and if, if the 30th of April is coming way too soon for you this season, well, the least you can do is think about what you might be doing for next season. Um, because some clubs, and I'll be honest, my, my club is one, we're, mm. we're really struggling with this. We we, we we no longer have our second 11 umpire. He's moved on to the panel. Um, so so we're, we're scratching heads about this. So it's probably something to think a bit more long-term about, about recruiting officials and, and, and trying to make sure that you... You've got that particular um, particular base covered. Paul, did you ever fancy um, go with umpiring? Was there anything you've ever tried? Uh, I have I have umpired. Um, so I used to when I was at uh, school in in the uh, sixth form. Um, I used to sort of umpire the uh, the under twelves, under thirteens, um, and that. But n- never thought to continue uh, umpiring on. Although um, yeah. and there's a funny story when I. I umpired out in Germany, so my my father's in the diplomatic service. He was posted to Hanover. Um, I went out there. There was a yeah, there was a uh, a game between two uh, two military army sites. Um, there was a a gentleman who was running short, and I called up one short twice on two occasions. And the uh, the other batter turned around to me and said, uh, "You're going to be in trouble on Monday." Do you know who that is? And I said no, and I don't care because he's still got to run the grounders back. And he said, "Whatever he is, get twenty-two yards." He said he's the brigadier, and I said, "Well, that's good because I'm a civilian." (laughs) So, (laughs) but yeah, um, I I think I think there was sort of uh, persons of a certain rank are are allowed to run short, but I wasn't playing by that ball. (laughs) What? This is outrageous. Cutting corners. Oh, exactly. But, uh, there we are. I was going to ask you, Paul, actually, just to, to round things up. Really, yeah, I can imagine over the years, you, as a score, you must see you must see one or two odd things, right? Or, or there must be one or two odd developments. I mean, and I was thinking about relationships with umpires, for example, because you will develop a relationship with an umpire because you, you're waving at each other a lot, right? So, I mean, I was wondering, have you seen anything particularly left field in your time as a uh-huh. scorer? Anything that catches your eye? Yeah, there are, you know, yes, you, you get to know the umpires, especially on the league. Uh, you know, the first thing I always yeah. look is, you know, who, who who's Keir appointed to our game? Um, there, there are some umpires, you know, yeah, he's very good. Yes, I can work with him. Um, and there are other umpires you think, no, I'm not going to get any signals at all. Um and, and, and I have done a. I, uh, that's yeah. just a, that is life. It, it is, it? Yeah. you know. I, I scored a game, and and the umpire was not signalling anything. You know, leg buys, buys, wides, fours, sixes, and I just sort of I'm thinking, what's he doing? You know, d- does he know I'm here? Um, so you know, all I could do was just record what I thought. You know, if the players went for a run. It was off the bat. So, you know, 
players were happy because their averages went up. Um, bowlers were happy because, you know, wide balls and no balls were not being recorded against them. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I, What do you do then, though? Would you, would you go and have a word with them at a drinks break? Or, well, or, or, I guess in well, a league game, it makes sense. In a it? league game, yes, you would. You, you would hope, hopefully have a chat with them beforehand. Um, you know, a good umpire would, would speak to you and explain to you, um, you know, what their pre-signals are. Um, you know what's the top you know recording of the toss and get all that information uh correct you know when when are the drinks breaks going to be taking place you know anything else that, that might happen um you know sort of what the regulations you know will dls be displayed in the second innings on a limited overs game etc um but yeah there are some you know i, I had a chat with him and he said well, it's just a friendly. It doesn't really matter, <laughs> you know. But that's it, you know. You can't you can't really say if, much. If no, it's just, <laughs> you just sit there and 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 record what happens, really, um, and and, and yeah. make sure that you know you 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 try not to miss anything. But um, yeah, you know, you could see the players were thinking that was a wide, that was a no ball. Uh, but it's not been recorded and you think well yeah but if he's doing it for both sides then it's fair you know if in the second innings all of a sudden you know he's calling everything up wides and no balls you think mm, this is a bit dodgy yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. i remember one, one incident with a score i had many years ago when i was must have been about 15 playing for um, Sentinel seconds against the initial third. So I remember it well, simply because the, 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 the score seemed to be perfectly good and, and the umpire was, was, was signaling perfectly appropriately. Nothing to see here. But then, then the score box stopped, stopped moving and, and, and we were like about four or five hours behind here. So, so at one point, we had a drinks break and the umpire went over to the, to the score box and the score was fast asleep. <laughs> uh, and it's like... Um, well, sorry, I don't want to sort of, you know, ruin your nap or anything. But, um, but I mean, thankfully, I, th I think we basically, we could remember roughly what had happened in the last four or five overs and, and somebody went and sat with the scorer um, to, to make sure he didn't fall asleep again. But but I did feel at that point, there's one thing that I've always remembered since, that you shouldn't have a scorer on their own, it right? It is. It's just, not, one, it's not yeah. fair. And two, it, it's also good practice to have somebody from both sides, for want of a better phrase, in, in the score box or doing the score. Yeah, right? ideally it should be, you know, two of you scoring because then you can work off each yeah. other. Um, you know, the one thing we say is that, um, uh, you know, the scorer, one score, the home, the scorer that is for the batting side uh, should follow the batter when they're running. Uh, the scorer for the fielding side should follow the ball because they will know where the ball, you know, who caught the ball. Oh. Um, but if you're by yourself, you know, you, 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 yeah. Not only are you trying to cover 22 yards in the middle from probably about 100 yards away, but you're also trying to look at the the rest of the field. What's happening? You know, is is there a catch? Did the batters cross? Did they? You know, oh, they they, they missed fielded it. You know, or or who caught it? Um, all those sorts of things. Trying to record it is is very very difficult. But um, but the one thing I do say. And you're probably got cricketers walking in front oh. of you as well with pints of lagers. Yeah, or they can... I, I, and I'm sure our family is back. Yeah, and, they, this, and then yeah. someone will come and ask you what 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 was my uh, what were my figures and stuff like that. So it's all sorts of things. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, it is very difficult. Um, but but one thing you know, I always joke with umpires, as I said, you know, scorers have to concentrate from ball one 
for the last ball. Whereas at least an umpire can walk away to square leg and um, switch off for a, a, a little bit, let their concentration drop slightly, um, because they they only have to adjudge run outs and uh, stumpings um, from square leg. Uh, whereas you know a scorer, you've got to be on the ball, and it does take a few weeks to get back into that routine of of watching a game um i mean i was lucky enough i was called up to uh help with the scoreboard at the middlesex pre-season uh, games up at old merchant taylor's um and i was coming home after a whole day and i was falling asleep literally it was come home cup of tea something to eat and i'll have to go and lie down because i was mentally tired um and it does take time uh, to get your your mental awareness back up you know to sit there for you know what was it six seven hours more uh, of con of solid concentration um so yeah but at least we have uh... well, i think that happens in a lot of facets of the game. captaincy is the same I think. I mean, it, it takes time to get into the rhythm of captain in the side again. And I don't just mean pick, picking the batting order. I mean, getting the field positions right and, 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 and feeling feeling the tempo of the match. And, and I guess tempo is a word that comes up a lot here. You know, it isn't that you just switch on every 30 seconds. You've got to keep concentrating for seven hours. And that's, that's it, tough. It is. And some days it, it can be It very is tough. very tough. Um, you know, you, you've got to, re you know, re remember, you know, this bowler, how do how do they like their field? Where do they want their field placing? Um, and especially if you're getting new players in, in, you know, and someone comes and says, "Oh, you know, I, I'm a I'm a fast bowler or I'm a leggy," and you sort of, well, how do you want your field placed? You know, where what where do you have your field placed? Uh, and that um, it, it can be can be difficult. But I mean. <laughs> The, the one thing that I do at Barnes is um, within PCS Pro, I also do a wagon wheel. And after every game, I oh, okay. share the wagon wheel with all the players. So the, it... I want to see one of mine, it, Sal. Everything behind square yeah. on the off so side. It, 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 it does, in a way, it does help because, you know, the players and... and that the you know Alex the captain and stuff like that can actually look at the bowlers and say well where where can we place the fielders to make those falls into twos and cut out the singles and stuff like that you know anything obviously anything that goes up in the air and over the boundary for six it, you know is difficult um, and there are areas where you know you get a nick and it just goes behind or goes through slips you haven't got a third man. Um, but field placings is very, very difficult uh, to get right. Um, and, you know, if we can give as much help as yeah. possible, uh, we will. I hear you. I, I hear you. I really do. Um, Sal, anything you want to throw in before we before we finish? Uh, any any thoughts as we move into move into May? I'm just very quickly, I was on an umpire's call the other evening regarding the panel and stuff, and they'd, just a couple of things they highlighted. One is that... Um, um, next season or this season, they'll be hoping to provide umpires down to Division Four, panel umpires. So from um, Div Four, should be, should be good. Um, and also, there's a new law that's coming into operation in I think in October, but they're going to um, sort of look to apply early during the season. And that regards to um, the use of saliva on the ball. So sweat will be sweat will be allowed, but saliva will not be allowed. So we're going to adopt that early as a league. 
um, just so some people be aware of that. And, and it should be like because it's just goddamn weird. Yeah. Right. It's, it requires many science. You see, don't go around licking the ball. And I know people have done that. It's just weirdos. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the COVID restrictions obviously not in play this year. So, um, but that's right. something that's going to be happening. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that was more or less it. Is that simulation rule still in play? I've not seen that one, Dan. You have to check that one out. Oh, yeah. it's, it's basically two or three years ago, cricket brought in a rule to stop people diving, didn't it? I don't know if you heard about this, Paul. Which I thought was like when I heard about it, I thought was this is an April Fool's joke. I mean, so I mean, if, if you're yeah. running after, you, where you fake a dive, yeah, that's it's not, not allowed. No, yeah, and it's not it's, uh, it's, it's, not it's, it's yeah. five, penalty, five runs. penalty runs. It's um, deception. Yeah. Why? deception. Why? Deception. Yeah, but people appeal for LBW all the time when they know it's not out. That's deception too. Well, people do not answer this one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, most most batters will say they were they were they're, they're never out LBW, um, and most umpires will probably say they are out LBW. Yes. Or bowlers will say they're out LBW, <laughs> or someone fielding at point will say they're out LBW. Uh, but no, the the deception is more around the you know the the, the fake throwing um, and, and stuff like that, or you know a, a wicketkeeper. Taking the ball in the gloves, Keeper, turning yeah. round, pointing to the boundary, uh, to to yeah. say that oh look, you know, go and get the ball, and then when the batter's outside of their crease, whips the bales off. It it's it's to stop that. Um, that that that's more the deception. I I, I, get, I totally get the law. I just think like, is is this what people have been thinking about through the winter? Is that what cricket's problems are? Deception? You know, changing the laws of the game over this? I think a bit of cleverness involved there. But I, I guess I'm in a minority. Yeah. I lose out. I thought I thought it was quite quite clever when folks behave like that, really. But I guess the the, the powers that yeah. be think differently, right? Yeah, and so be it. That's fine. Um, cool, fellas. It's been great to to, to chat to you, Paul. Um, but been super having you on, and, I, and we'll we'll do do our best to to disseminate this widely so that we can keep people. Um, you know, being attracted to the scoring courses that you talked about, because I'm not sure how many folks really know that they exist. Um, and, and we need to spread the word because it is such a, a an important part of the game. And, and the work that you and your team there are doing is, is appreciated by everybody who plays the game, because if we don't have scorers, we, we don't have a cricket match. So, um, so, so thanks for coming on and talking to us about that. We really appreciate it. Um, best of luck for Barnes through the season. Um, looking forward to seeing how, how you guys get on in Division 1. Um, I think in, a, in, a, in one of the next pods, Sal and I will be talking through um, our, our predictions um, for, for the coming season. Uh, hopefully they're not as bad as they were for, for 2021, um, but, um, but we will be doing nonetheless a prediction show and we'll, we'll, we'll try and make some calls on Division 1 and every other division in the Middlesex County, County League. Um, Sal, we'll probably be doing that, I guess, last week of April, yeah. just so people can put that in their yeah. diaries. Yeah, and get Sihal right? and Matt on as well, like we did last season, so we can get um, yep. their views in the league as well. So, yeah, yeah, I think probably a couple of weeks' time, week before the season starts, Excellent. could be our plan. Excellent. We'll, we'll regroup then. OK, thanks, guys. Much appreciated. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, thanks a lot, Sal. Thanks a lot, Dan. Cheers, Paul. Bye.